Hey guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown. Touchdown. That's five for Chris Brown. The defense of Tomlinson. Hey everybody, welcome into this Wednesday edition of the BSN Buffs podcast presented by Total Beverage. My name's Henry Chisholm, and before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Bev is offering 20% off your purchase on their website and app if you use code BSN20. You'll save 20% off and have it delivered to your door. Let's jump into the show. All right, so if you guys have been following along for the last couple days, you know I'm out here in Los Angeles and Hollywood for, uh, for Pac-12 Media Day. I'm going to just kind of record these segments whenever I get a chance so I can get this posted at some point. Uh, it's been a trip. It's it's seriously been a trip. This whole thing's been pretty wild. Uh, talk to Commissioner Larry Scott. Actually, I was, I was trying to find a spot to sit down in the media workroom, and uh, Herm Edwards tried to give me his chair. So... For, for those of you who don't know who Herm Edwards is, first of all, you're crazy, but he's head coach of Arizona State. He coached the Jets for forever, NFL defensive back. A, a, one of the few coaches whose name I learned when I was like six years old. So that was a that was a weird situation for me, walking around carrying all my podcast gear, looking for a place to sit. And Herm Edwards is just lounging in a chair, watching me look at all the other chairs around him. And he's like, well, dude, do you just want to take this one? I was like, no, don't worry about it. Like, you're, you're Herm Edwards. I'm 22. Don't, don't give me 
your chair, you're Herm Edwards. It doesn't make any sense. So that, that was wild. That went back and forth for like three, four minutes. Pac-12 media guy was like, uh, you can't move these chairs because they're exactly where they're supposed to be. I guess like ESPN's doing something. I don't really understand. But Herm, Edward, Herm Edwards was just adamant that I should be taking his chair. And uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of sums up how weird this whole trip has been. Um, so first segment, we got to start out by getting to some news. Um, it just came out today, the, the Pac-12 media poll, as well as the Pac-12 preseason all-conference list. A few buffs made their way onto the all-conference list. Uh, LaVisca Chenault is a first-team Pac-12 preseason uh, all-conference player. He was actually the only unanimous decision to be all-Pac-12, which is pretty crazy. There were a couple guys uh, who were close behind. Justin Herbert was two votes short. But LaVisca Chenault, the only man in the Pac-12 to receive every first-team all-conference vote preseason. So that's pretty cool. Um, another first team All Pack Twelver is Mustafa Johnson, defensive lineman, um, which is pretty cool to see. I mean, we'll see what he comes back with this year. I mean, he could be a guy who gets this team eight sacks, maybe. I mean, that's that's kind of the production you'd expect from a preseason All Pack Twelve defensive lineman. So we'll we'll break more into. Uh, position groups and players and who to exp- or what to expect from everybody later on in the show as we get closer to camp and even into camp. Uh, the third third All-Pac-12, uh, preseason All-Pac-12, I still can't get those words right. Third preseason All-Pac-12 buff is Nate Landman at linebacker who got the second team nod and... Uh, in the Pac-12 media poll, the Buffs were last in the South Division with more votes than uh, Oregon State, who was picked last in the North Division. So not not a surprise there. Disappointing for sure. You would have liked to see him jump up over somebody, maybe like Arizona State, Arizona, UCLA. I kind of have them all on that same tier, but, but I guess that's that's more of the bolder opinion than the national opinion um yeah so that's that's the big buffs news uh that came out of pac-12 media day this morning and I'll, I'll be talking to a couple of the guys later in the day and can report back on that stuff uh so so far i'm recording this at about 9 a.m uh here so we've already talked to commissioner larry scott the pac-12 commissioner and uh he had some pretty interesting stuff to say. I mean, I've been talking for a couple days now on the podcast. I wasn't sure how he was going to address uh, the the talent, or the performance of Pac-12 football teams. And, and I was kind of interested by how exactly he did address that. So he he kind of went head on early one of the first things he said as soon as he got through like his the introduction of his speech into the actual content he said that he recognizes that this isn't where the Pac-12 wants to be when it comes to uh, their the football programs and i i really like that he acknowledged it of course wish he would have gone a little deeper but then after after that he kind of started 
hedging it a little bit. So he'd, he'd say things like, uh, like, you know, half half of the conference is has a coach in the first or second year, and he'd just drop these little things in there every every few minutes. And so, if if you were just to like take it all together, he says, "Yeah, we want to be better, but don't forget about all these problems we're facing." Um, it didn't didn't get too much deeper than that. He said uh, he said a couple more interesting things. The, the big news from that speech is that the Pac-12 is actually working with the Raiders, which you guys in Colorado might not be a huge fan of. Mark Davis is actually here today, and he's going to be uh, open for questions in about two hours, a little over two hours. And we'll have to get in there, see what he has to say about the new partnership, which is that the Pac-12 will be holding the Pac-12 championship game, the football championship game, at the Raiders' new stadium in Las Vegas in 2020 and 2021 so that's that's huge i'm not really sure what to think about it so it's been in levi's stadium this will be the sixth season that it's been in levi's stadium in santa clara the 49ers stadium it's a nice facility it's uh i i've never been there it seems like a cool spot Moving it to Vegas is interesting, though. He pointed out that that's where the Pac-12 holds its men's and women's basketball uh, tournaments, postseason tournaments. So it made sense for them to try to get all of that to happen in the same place. I mean, I've, I'm have i a firm believer that anytime you can hold an event in Las Vegas, you should be holding that event in Las Vegas. So hopefully the buffs will be there and I can make the trip out, but... I, th- I think I like it. I think it makes sense. Um, it's it's interesting though, and it's kind of a surprise. Uh, he also talked a lot about some uh, the independent officiating rule r- review that the Pac-12 uh, they asked for following last season, and. Uh, there are a few key takeaways. It's a pretty long list of recommendations, and they said that they're going to take all of the recommendations that were given. It was an independent review. Uh, again, of course, he led it by saying, you know, the the headline of this should be that the officiating in the Pac-12 was on par with the other conferences and with the NFL. There really isn't a problem here. But here are a few things that we're going to improve. Um, so... The, the first one, the one that he seemed most excited about is that the head of officiating will now direct reportedly to him, the commissioner, instead of going up through a couple levels of the bureaucracy, the, the head of officiating has a direct line to Larry Scott, which makes sense, I guess, uh, as long as he's not putting too much on his plate. Um, the, there's also going to do, be a new policy to eliminate the possibility of what happened in the USC-WSU game. Uh, there's going to be more transparency. Uh, they're they're going to have a more standardized uh, training process to make sure that everybody, all the officials, are being trained the same way, and will ideally make the same calls. I guess is what they're looking for. So, adopting all those, I mean, you hear that kind of stuff, seems like a good idea, you know. It's kind of tough to hate on anything that they're trying to improve, and I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I would have liked to see them focus on instead. 
Uh, yeah. So that's kind of been update of today. I've uh, I uh, woke up early, got out here, grabbed my credential, ate some breakfast. Uh, heard Larry Scott talk, had that weird interaction with Herm Edwards, and the one other interview I've seen today, and there will be uh, plenty more on the way. I'm just taking a break. I think this is the end right now of the Oregon State uh, interview session and the beginning of the Cal session, so I figured this would be a good time to skip a couple minutes, come out here and record the pod. But one interesting thing that Jonathan Smith, the head coach at Oregon State, was talking about is what he learned in his first year as a head coach, uh, which was last year at Oregon State. He was talking a lot about his big problem last year that he didn't even realize was a problem at the time was that he was trying to control too much. And with Mel Tucker coming into Colorado, I, I felt like this would be kind of an interesting point to talk about since Jonathan Smith and actually a bunch of coaches in the Pac-12 are uh, just coming off a, uh, their their first season and just making that transition to being a head coach. So Jonathan Smith said that he was spending too much time trying to do everything himself, and he tried to. He was a quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator before going to Oregon State, and he would spend time trying to control the quarterbacks room, trying to get the offense in shape. When really he needed to spend more time. He he didn't say it like this way, but this is the way we've heard Broncos coaches explain it a lot in the past: coaching the coaches. Uh, getting getting all of the people a step below you in the bureaucracy to do their jobs and being more of a CEO than being a guy who's putting his hands, putting his fingerprints on every little piece that's happening. So I, I thought that that was an interesting little tidbit. Um, yeah, so uh, that's kind of the big news so far today. Uh what we heard from Larry Scott, the all Pac-12 teams, the media poll. Um, one more thing that uh, Larry Scott talked about quite a bit, uh, only because it, it was asked in the question session, the Q&A session, was about paying student-athletes. And we haven't talked about that at all yet on the pod. And... I mean, I'd like to touch on it because I think it is an important topic, but it's a great topic for when there's really nothing going on. And right now there's just a lot of going on. So I don't want to get too in depth with it until we get into a rhythm in camp at least. But uh, Larry Scott's take was that the Pac-12 is very against pay for play. And I actually love that he called it pay for play because pay for play is usually a phrase that you use in politics like, you know, whoever it is, the lobbyist or big corporation CEO goes up to a politician and says, like, hey, I'll give you some money if you, like, sit down with me, like, pay for play. They hear it in a bunch of different way contexts, but most of them regarding politics and pretty shady behind-the-scenes things. Uh, but he said, we are obviously opposed to pay for play, which is just a little bit of a derogatory way to say we're against paying players he he said that whatever they do i mean i can't overstate how against it he was because he kind of kept his cool throughout the entire q a session he probably spoke for 45 minutes with the last 15 minutes being uh open for questions and this was the one that really got him 
he just went on almost a little tirade saying, you know, it's against NCAA rules. The courts have our back. The courts say that this sh- shouldn't be allowed. They don't think it's a good idea. We don't think it's a good idea. We we don't want the pay for play. And so he went on this little thing saying, like, it's not just me. Look at all these people. We can't do it even if we wanted to. It's not it, almost implying it's not worth talking about. It was kind of a waste of his time. It was that kind of anger that you were getting from him. But then he did open up just a little bit more after and said that um, the NCAA is looking into you letting players profit off their likeness and their name, doing that kind of stuff. But, but then went back to saying, but only if we're able to tie it to academics. And, and that's the thing that doesn't make much sense to me. Why, why, what does that even mean? Does that mean he, if people can use LaVisca Chenault's likeness, if if they're saying, hey, look at how good of a student LaVisca Chenault is, I just don't really understand that part. And there's a lot of the argument that I really don't like. But that was kind of the one other big talking point that I heard. Uh, he also pushed uh, that the Pac-12 will have the bowl game in Vegas where they will play, I think I think it alternates years, The either the two from the Pac-12, the second best team that doesn't make it into the college football playoff, will be in that bowl game facing off an SEC team or the third best team that didn't make it into the college football playoff out of the Pac-12 will be facing, I, I think it's a Big Ten team, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So... That's, of course, interesting. Having having a bowl game between the Pac-12 and the SEC is a huge deal. It's something that we, we've never seen before, and it's going to be really exciting to see. I mean, could you imagine? Even even if it's not like the premier teams, but say say Utah wins it this year, Oregon's second, and then and then we get Washington in the that game, and we get uh I don't know, Florida out of the SEC. That's an exciting matchup, and it's not a matchup that we're going, we've are going. we gotten to see very often. So I am excited for that bowl game. I think that that's a good move. He, um, he also spoke about uh, potentially, potentially uh, setting up a new TV deal before the current contract ends in 2024. We talked a little bit on the pod over the last couple days about money in the Pac-12, how they aren't getting as much revenue from their TV deal as other Power 5 conferences are. And he, I I think my favorite part about what Larry Scott said about it is that the conference will practice, quote, strategic patience. So I don't know exactly what he means by that. I mean, he means... They aren't going to make a deal unless they really think it's the right decision. But the phrase phrase strategic patience sounds a lot like we're just going to sit here. And it got it got a laugh from a couple of the guys sitting around me. Um, like I said, current contract ends in 2024. There's a chance that they'll try to come up with something before then, some short-term deal just to patch it. But I, I don't expect to see that. He also pointed out that when they signed the deal in 2012, it was a record-setting deal, which isn't something that 
you hear as much as you hear that it isn't making them as much money as the other conferences do. And part of that is because I mean, if, if you look at the quarterback market in the NFL, wh- whoever the next quarterback up who's a top 10 quarterback in the league is going to get the biggest contract ever because that's just how it works because the way the cap inflates, the way just like the economy as a whole inflates, the contracts will just get bigger. And that's especially true in college football and media right now because it is growing. The All these TV deals are becoming more and more valuable for the companies who buy them, buy the rights to broadcast games. And so the 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 newer deals are going to be worth more than the older deals. So even though the uh the Pac-12 set that record last year or in 2012 all the other conferences have just kind of jumped it, taking turns jumping it ever since. And in 2024 the Pac-12 will be up again to make their move. Larry Scott seemed confident it's going to happen. I think they're going to need to get a couple teams in the college football playoff to really see a a, a big improvement. I mean, 2024, four or five seasons, really, the Pac-12 should be winning a national championship by then. If they're a Power 5 conference, if you're not getting one once every five years, then you're kind of falling behind. And I know the SEC is dominant, and the Pac-12 has some work to do, so it probably won't happen, but that's that has to be where your mindset is. More than one uh, national championship every five years for the conference puts you in a good spot, less than one is a bit of a disappointment and they have some work to do to make it up to that bar and the standards should probably be a little different because of the current state of the pac-12 like how there are half the coaches who are in their first or second years still building programs which is how he hedged it but it's it's just an interesting situation and i enjoy getting to hear his take on it other than just kind of the outsider's view uh, I should probably get back in there, keep talking to people. We got a uh, Stanford, Washington State, Washington, Oregon coming up. Some big names there like David Shaw, KJ Costello, Mike Leach, Chris Peterson, Mario Cristobal, Justin Herbert, Troy Dye. Lots of guys to talk to. I think we'll get some interesting stuff. I'll check back in when I get a chance. Um, that's going to do it for the first segment. But before I go, uh, Larry Scott actually just sat down right behind me. So uh, good thing I wasn't yelling any louder about how funny I thought his takes were. It's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. I'm actually wearing my Breck Brew polo right now, repping it in Los Angeles. Uh, Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer, established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a lighthearted Kolsch ale, but for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it this week. You'll be able to see all the events we have planned, and we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them, so RSVP and have a good time. The first event up on that calendar is this Friday. We're going to three of our favorite bars for the Breck Brew Crawl, BSN Breck Brew Crawl around downtown Denver. We're going to be supplying beer for games. We're going to be uh, giving away tickets, giving away uh, gift cards to some of our partners. 
It's going to be a blast. It's free. So you're getting free beer, free chances to win stuff. So come hang out. Come talk Buffs. I'll be fresh off this trip to Buffs Media Day with a bunch of information I want to tell you guys. So see you Friday, hopefully. I'll be back in a minute. What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here, and I got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward, anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect, just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. All right, guys, we're back here for the second segment of Wednesday's BSN Buffs podcast. I know in podcast time I was only gone for a couple minutes, max, but in real world time a lot has been happening here. Uh, since since we talked last, a uh, couple cool things have happened. Maybe not as cool as Herm Edwards like just standing there staring at me saying, take my chair, which still is one of my new favorite stories. But uh, I talked to a couple people. I think I'm most excited about an exclusive interview I got with uh, Stanford head coach David Shaw. And David and I talked for a couple minutes about Mel Tucker and why he thinks Mel Tucker will succeed, what Mel Tucker needs to work on, uh, the the transition from being a coordinator, somebody who's focused only on football, uh, scheming, all of that kind of stuff, into a guy who's supposed to run a program and a guy who's supposed to, I mean, not just manage the other coaches, but talk to people in the athletics department, talk to people in the community, really be the face of this Buffs football program. And and that's something that he thinks Mel Tucker will be a natural at. Obviously, Mel Tucker has the background to 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 be a very good head coach just because he comes from Georgia and Alabama and has learned from some of the best coaches in the country how how exactly to go about building a program and how to convince boosters to give money to your school. So we talked about that stuff. We talked about... Uh, we, t we talked about what it's like being a black head coach for for a little bit. Um, there was some interesting stuff in there. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll have that written here in the next couple days. We have so much content coming out from Media Day. If you guys haven't subscribed yet, you really should. I promise the coverage will be worth it. Plus, you get the exclusive right to comment on podcasts and send us some questions uh, yeah, yeah, really control where we're going with the show. And we'll get into those questions in the third segment. But until then, I just kind of want to keep talking about what's been going on here. Um, Mike Leach took the stand, which is always, always a lot of fun. Such an interesting guy. I asked him about uh, our guy, LaVisca Chenault, and he had maybe not the most enlightening answer, but it went something like this. I asked and he said, well, first of all, he's really good. 
and then paused for a couple seconds, just in the way that you'd expect Mike Leach to approach that question. Um, yeah, noted how quick he is, how fast he is, uh, talked about the difference between the two, and then added that LaVisca has some thickness, which makes him tough to bring down. Thickness was Mike Leach's word to describe LaVisca Chenault, which is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I also talked to defensive back uh, Miles Bryant from Washington, and that that was interesting as well. Again, I, I wanted to ask him about LaVisca because he is a defensive back, and he's the guy who's going to be tasked with stopping LaVisca, who is the only unanimous preseason first-team All-Pac-12 player. I this, that's just a mouthful. I, I got it down this time though. Hopefully, I can bring it up again later and just nail it and say it fast without having to think about it. But uh, yeah, he said some interesting stuff too. And I went up there to ask the question, and it was something like, you know, you you guys played the Buffs last year, but Lavisca was hurt. Uh, this year you play the Buffs again. Have you have you thought at all about facing Lavisca Chenault? And I went up there expecting him to say no I really haven't like we're all eyes are on the first game that's what's important we'll, we'll get there when we get there or who knows maybe maybe he just hasn't even followed LaVisca Chenault at all because he's so focused on his own stuff so I went up there kind of expecting just like I know like great player we'll get to that when we get there but what he said is a lot more interesting he said yes he said Last year, he was really excited to play LaVisca, and he he had scouted him. He was one of the guys in the conference who he was most excited to go up against um, because, I mean, and, and this is all coming from him. He knew all this stuff. He said, yeah, he was he was up there in the Heisman conversation. Uh, he was doubtful for that game, and I was really hoping he'd come through just because I wanted to go up against him. I like that competition, and he said, like, yeah, he hurt himself. He hurt his toe in that USC game, and I was like... He, he just had so much knowledge of the whole situation, and it really goes to show how LaVisca is viewed around the Pac-12. And for a Colorado team that w was picked last in the South Division, that's uh, that that means something. To, to have the, I mean, I'm willing to say the best player in the entire conference, maybe not the highest draft pick just because there's such a premium on quarterbacks, but the best football player in the entire conference is on your football team that's huge and he's getting so much respect from the guys around here i mean i i actually still haven't met lavisca or anybody from this colorado contingent i don't think they're out here yet they're about to serve lunch and so hopefully they'll be here for lunch and i can go introduce myself say hi see if i can get somebody to talk with me i mean priority number one is getting them to talk about football and buff stuff for stories that i have to write because we need that content but Maybe I can get them to do that and also jump on the pod for just a couple minutes. I'll do my best. Um, I have seen Rick George walking around here, but he's just constantly on the phone. Like, constantly on the phone, and I don't know who he's talking to. He sets it down for, like, two seconds while, while I'm grabbing a cup of coffee. By the time I walk over, he's uh, he's back on the phone. So, uh, going to try to find him, talk with him, see if we can get some exclusive stuff up. Uh, talking about hopefully not just football, but everything that's going on with the Buffs athletic department. Um, yeah, that's kind of the plan here. It's a busy day. It's a hot day. We don't have a spot on Radio Row, so I'm out here in the sun with my podcast board that I've been carrying all over Los Angeles with me. 
including to the beach. Didn't get any sand in it. Did get a little bit of sand inside the shift key of my computer. We're working through that one. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of what's going on. Um, the respect that LaVisca Chenault is getting is honestly what he deserves. He's he's a great player. The Everybody I've talked to about him has been excited to see him, uh, has glowing things to say, which makes sense because he's six foot two and... As Mike Leach put it, he's he's thick, so so it's all it's all good stuff. Um, gonna start talking to some buffs here soon. Again, we are the only outlet in Hollywood today covering Pac-12 Media Day uh, from Colorado. So hopefully that means that we can get a little more access to them than some of the bigger names here who were around this morning. Um, yeah, I think that's it for right now. I'll check back in, in in a couple minutes to to answer some questions and then jump back on tomorrow's pod, hopefully with some information from LaVisca, Nate Landman, Rick George, Mel Tucker, and whoever else I'm able to track down. The Green Solution has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now, go to their website, mygreensolution.com, order your flower, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online, and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Welcome back into the final segment of Wednesday's podcast, uh, BSN Buffs podcast, from Pac-12 Media Day in Los Angeles, California. Um, I This is another one of those weird jumps where for you guys, I was gone for like the length of that green solution read. But for me, it's been two, three hours again. And a lot has happened in that two, three hours. And I think you're going to like some of it. So I finally got a chance to meet Mel Tucker briefly, along with uh, Nate Landman and LaVisca Chenault. And... I was able to convince uh, LaVisca and Nate's handlers to give me 10 minutes with them. So tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to uh, probably probably put the maybe the second segment. First or second segment will be a 10-minute conversation. Me with LaVisca and Nate Landman talking buffs, talking all sorts of stuff. So make sure you tune back in tomorrow. Uh, what else has happened? So... I saw I saw Justin Herbert sit on a giant inflatable chair, uh, which was too hot, so we like jumped off, and it was kind of a weird look for a guy like Justin Herbert, who's a projected top three pick in the NFL draft. Um, I used a urinal next to Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly was on his phone, and I was really, really, really curious what Chip Kelly would be doing on his phone, just because I don't know. Is he like a Twitter guy? Is he a Reddit guy? I don't know. But uh, decided not to peek over because that would be weird. So weird. Um, but uh, yeah, just kind of weird stuff like this kind of going on all day here. Uh, probably about time now to jump into some questions. And the first is coming in from NYTJ Buff Fan. Says Henry slash Hank. First, welcome. Welcome back to BSN Buffs as well. Knowing many of you went to see you, it hurt to see BSN go two years ago. Looking forward to the pods when you have Ryan, Allie, and the rest of the old crew join in. Uh, I am too. Hopefully, once I get back, we'll get that figured out, and you won't just be listening to me or, you know, me and LaVisca and Nate. But, uh, 
yeah, we'll we'll try to get Ryan on quickly. Hopefully, Allie can find some free time too. Dre wants to get a draft pod in. It's been kind of a slow start making you guys listen to me, but uh, <laughs> I think it's going pretty well. Uh, he continues second. A couple of quick clarifications. John Van Deest is from Cherry Creek High School, uh, not Carson Wells. Definitely said Dice, not Deest. There are a couple of these names, you know, Jalen Sammy. I know I've looked up how to say Alex Fontenot more times than I would like to admit. It's a lot of information. I'm still figuring a couple things out, but I think I'm heading in the right direction. Getting the whole, like, player on the field to player name, number, uh, hometown, all this stuff i got to get down by the time camp starts. It's been, it's been a lot, but we're making progress. So Buff Fan says, with John Carson and Nate Landman, we have a lot to be excited about at linebacker this year for the Buffs. I think we will see John explode on the scene this year like Nate did last year and, dare I say it, Bill Lindsay did a few years ago. John, the homegrown product that has been injured for a few years, just like Phil was, bleeds black and gold just like Phil did and does. Watch out for JVD this season. I totally agree. He has the pedigree of a guy who can step in and fill Rick Gamboa's role, I guess, right off the bat. You know, it would have been nice to see him. I think I think he had two tackles last year, and so we really don't know what he's going to look like at the Pac-12 level, but we do know that he was a monster in high school, and we know that he was a very, very highly rated recruit, and we know that uh, he, he shouldn't have any issue being physical enough to play college football. The only question for me is whether he can move well enough to play on third downs and play in passing situations because there are at least I have a couple questions about his cover skills and that's that's mostly because we still just haven't seen him play and so before we actually get him out on the field because I I wasn't out at spring uh spring camp although the reports were very good out of spring camp I uh I I am excited to see what he can do uh comment continues Chris Miller is one of the most athletic and was one of the higher recruited players out of Texas a couple of years ago. If he can lock down a cornerback spot, we could be solid on the back end. The other cornerback to watch for is Bakai Blackman. He is a bit slight of frame, but just has a nose for the ball. Uh, again, agreed. I think, uh, I think that there is a lot of potential for Chris Miller to come out and play well. It's just the Pac-12, there's so many good groups of receivers just the inexperience that could cause problems. The thing about playing cornerback is that you get exposed every single time you make a mistake. If you can't stick with your guy and you're facing a good quarterback, the quarterback's going to get the receiver the ball. And young players have a tendency to make those mistakes. So the only question, or one of the questions with him is whether he can avoid mistakes enough that you can you can trust him out on the field and not have to put an extra safety over on his side because, you know, Mel Tucker wants to run a lot of man coverage. He wants to, he, he wants to free up the pass rushers to just go after the quarterback. That's what they did at Georgia at least. So you assume that they're going to try to do the same thing here and you need trust in your quarterbacks to be able to do that. And I mean, He's he's certainly a good prospect, but we do need to see it on the field before we know for sure. Makai Blackman, yeah, I like him as well. Um, I do appreciate your call out of Dimitri Stanley, another Colorado product, and a CU legacy. He could be fun to watch this year in an extremely stacked wide receiver core. 
Yeah, LaVisca was talking just a little bit about what that receiving core is like and why it's been so good for so long. And I, I did bring up Dimitri Stanley with those two guys, Nate and LaVisca, and I'll let you guys hear what they had to say. I'm not sure if Nate was uh, loud enough to be heard since we only had the two mics, one for me and one that they shared. But he just kept saying under his breath, he's just so smooth. He's just so smooth. So, yeah, I according to them, the hype is real. Now the question. Ryan's roots are with Adam M., Adam Munster Tiger of 24-7 Sports. Do you all envision collaborating with Adam and his team at all this year? Adam and Chase are some of the best in the recruiting information business. I understand there is a bit of competition between the two organizations, but you have already processed to want to bring content where others don't and brought up 24-7 as the source for recruiting information. Perhaps once a month or once a week pod with recruiting updates can include interviewing Adam. Uh, Thanks for the fast start. I love the film room article on LaVisca. Keep up the good work. NYTJ. So, yeah, I mean, our thing at BSN is that we really don't want to call anybody a competitor just because the content for everybody is much better if we all get along and we all work together. Um, some places buy into that. Other outlets don't. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love to have Adam on. I'd love to have Chase on. Uh, I think... I think there's a chance that they would be interested. I know Adam, I think he just got married and has a kid and he also has his own podcast, which is weekly maybe. So, so he's going to uh, have his hands full. I'm not sure whether we're going to be able to get him on too much. I'll definitely uh, uh, ask him whether he'd be willing to come on. Uh, same thing with Chase. I, I'd love to have either or both of those guys on to talk recruiting because I, there, there are only so many hours in the day and I plan on spending most of mine looking into this current year's team and that's true throughout the season. Just figure out what they want to do and see who they are before we start digging into all the recruits. Um, so yeah, I would love to have them on. I'd love to have their perspectives. We'll see if we can make that happen for you guys. Uh, Hammer and Hank, you were close on the pronunciation, but it's Cygnus like the gaming console. Which leads me to my question. Tell us more about you. What was your favorite video game as a kid? What's your favorite movie? Just read everyone, or oh, just read everyone your Tinder profile. Oh boy. Uh, great job so far. Uh, hope you're enjoying California. So, tell us more about me. Um, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I, here's, a, here's a good story. Yesterday, while I was trying to get figure out where to record that podcast, when I realized the Airbnb wasn't going to be ready for me in time, the first thought was to go out to the beach because you could find an area away from people. And that, that part was true. There were other problems, like the fact that I didn't bring sandals. I only had tennis shoes. I didn't have like a mat or anything. So I had to keep buying all this stuff. And I kept buying it in separate trips. I had to go like buy the mat for like $5. Then I realized I wanted sandals. And so I went to get sandals. Ended up, ended up just buying a, a pair of size 10 women's sandals instead of men's sandals because somebody had put them in the wrong pile. I, it's just embarrassing that... I didn't notice they were women's. Luckily, nobody else did either because when I was walking around through the sand for like a quarter mile trying to get away from people, I was just carrying my suitcase in my arms uh, because the wheels don't work in the sand. So there were a bunch of bad decisions there. Uh, worked out. That's my story. Um, yeah. What's my favorite video game or what was it when I was little? It's just always been Madden. That's that's like my jam. I guess NCAA football back in the day was like equal, maybe a little ahead. I was more of a pro football guy myself. Um, 
but yeah, I still play that quite a bit. I'm still pretty good. I played Brandon a few weeks ago and just stomped him. I think he pulled one game for me, but it's because he was the Chiefs and I was the Broncos in all those games, and and he threw a bomb to Sammy Watkins with six seconds left and just made Tremaine Brock look silly. And he beat me by one. But the rest of them, I just stomped him. Like, none of them were within 20 points. So I'm pretty good. Anybody wants to play, I'm always down. Um, what's your favorite movie? That's a good question. I just watched The Hangover. Big fan of The Hangover. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to that kind of stuff. Those Pirates of the Caribbean movies actually still really get me. I just rewatched a couple of them. Especially that first one. just so good. Uh... Yeah, honestly, anything. Oh, just watch that Us movie from, I think, Jordan Peele. He, uh, it's, that movie's spectacular. It's crazy. It just gets into it so fast. It's so unpredictable, which is rare in scary movies now. So, yeah, I, pretty much anything I'm into. I'm not that picky. Uh, let's see. Great job so far. Oh, just read everyone your Tinder profile. Um, I'm not going to do that. I really, uh, I'm not huge on Tinder. It's not really what I do, but I feel like as a 22-year-old, you have to have a Tinder profile, right? Like you can't just like, because then I have to say like, I'm not even trying a little bit to find a girlfriend. Um, so yeah, I have one. I think it's some joke about like liking my podcast now, which is funny, but I'm sure you guys can come up with something better. So if you have any good ideas for my Tinder bio, let me know. Maybe we'll try one out and uh, I'll give you guys the results. At it once once we have uh, some time to see how it goes um great job so far hope you're enjoying california yeah california's been awesome it's been a lot of work for sure uh not much sleep it's it's been fun work as it always is because this is a blast actually today i was eating lunch and just happened to be sitting at the same table as uh one of the handlers for one of the players every player here has somebody in charge of getting them where they need to be because every every 15 minutes there's a new interview because ESPN's here and NFL Network's here and NFL Network has the radio guys here and a bunch of local radio guys from all around Pac-12 country are here. So they're just constantly talking to people and need somebody to guide them around. But I ate lunch with uh, one of them and he said he noticed my Breck polo that I'm wearing. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you are you from BSN Denver? I was like, yeah, I am. He's like, oh, well, I listen to the Broncos podcast all the time, like two or three times a week. And I was like, oh, no way. My name's Terry. He's like, oh, yeah. I, I, I so, so that was a cool thing. That's always a cool thing when you find people who listen to the show. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun out here, but also a lot, a lot of work. I think we have one more question from in from coming in from Ryan Konigsberg. What was your favorite thing you learned about Mel, Nate, or Visca during their press conferences? So their press conferences actually start in, I think, I think about a half hour. And so I'll have to run in there and catch those. So I don't know for sure. I will say that from my quick uh, conversations with uh, Mel Tucker, at least, we only talked for like 15 seconds. So we're going to meet up again later today. But when I said, hey, I'm Henry, I'm the Buffs guy at BSN Denver, he uh, gave me a big smile and said, hey, oh, yeah, I've heard of you. So so I think that was probably my favorite part of talking to him. Um, I think that's it for today's show. Thanks again for riding with me. Definitely tune in tomorrow because we're going to have Nate on and we're going to have LaVisca on and we're going to be chatting for 
I think it ended up being around 10 minutes. So it's good stuff. Tune in. There will also be a lot more stuff based on what they say in their press conferences and kind of where they think the Pac-12 is headed, where the buffs are headed. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, don't forget, Friday night, uh, the BSN Denver Breckenridge Brewery Bar Crawl. It's going to be a great time. I'll be fresh off my trip to California and ready to talk some buffs with you guys. Don't forget to submit questions. We only had three today, and that's kind of my fault because I put the podcast up at 9 last night instead of as early as I want to. This one should be up by like 2, 2.30. So that gives you plenty of time before I jump back in to answer some questions tomorrow. Um, that's it for today. Bye, guys. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Might not sway, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway yeah. is pushing 180. Speed and pad competition, see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime. Yeah. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the last. Yeah. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring. Throwing blows, knocking down team after I team. They like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. Have you ever seen a rain?